everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Do you think the Jews were right to depart after Saul said Isaiah was right? Should they have been offended? And if Isaiah was right in saying that the Israelites' hearts have grown dull and that they hear but quote-unquote never understand, what does that say about God's character? Did he give up on them? A while back at Women's Bible Study last year, I taught on John 15, the passage where Jesus says he's the vine and all that jazz. And in preparation for that lesson, I studied a lot about plants— That's why I have this plant knowledge. I don't just know things about plants. But simply put, when pruning, a gardener is controlling the plant's growth and development into specific patterns. And the gist is this. Every branch on a plant has a spot that gardeners call the terminal bud, which generally it's this place on the stem of the longest branch, or it's typically the longest stem springing off of a branch, which in John 15 represented the believer who's bearing fruit. They're healthy. They're growing, and this stem is reaching out the farthest, leading the charge. However, the problem the gardener must solve is that the longest branch— At the terminal bud, it produces this chemical that causes all the buds, all the branches stemming beneath it to grow more slowly. So if the terminal bud, that long healthy stem thing, is removed by pruning, pinching, or breaking off, the supply of that chemical is slowed and all the stems beneath it quickly grow and branch out, resulting in a bushier look to to the plant instead of a long spirally growth. It's more full. And what's interesting is that, for the most part, pruning a plant will always lead to more growth. But how severely, how much you cut, how much you prune a plant will depend on exactly what the gardener wants to happen. If a plant hasn't regularly been pruned and has left been, been left to grow in whatever which way it wants, that plant might need a lot of cutting back, which would result in a lot of new shoots and fast growth. Severe pruning or cutting back typically results in vigorous growth but light pruning will allow slower growth. And every plant is different. Some plants can only grow so big, so if you cut them back too far, they'll die. The gardener, or in the case of John 15, the vine dresser has to be so incredibly familiar with each of his plants that he knows just how much to cut. And then there's grafting. Another method gardeners or vine dressers use, that's when a branch is completely cut off from one plant and reattached to another. It's super interesting. You can find videos online, but basically the gist is that the gardener will cut a slit in the stem of one plant and then slide a little bud from the stem of another into that slit, tape it up, and over time, the bud will grow into a full-on branch. But it takes several weeks for this grafting to complete, for the inserted bud to become fully attached. It takes time. But if done correctly, it can make both plants stronger than they ever were to begin with. Grafting is meticulous, and it takes time. And there are all these nuances. You've got to cut a certain way. Some plants don't go together. The environment can influence the success. I could honestly nerd over all this plant stuff. It's cool. Go Google some videos. Why do I start there? Well, a few months ago, we read the book of Romans. And in Romans 11, we learned a lot about God's dealing with Israel through some plant imagery, which I think will help us better understand what's happening here in Acts 28. So in Acts 28, 
Paul tells these angry people that Isaiah was right in saying, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's, Israel's heart has grown dull. With their ears, they can barely hear. Their eyes, they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. In turn, I would heal them. It's Isaiah. And Paul concludes by saying in Acts 28, the Israelites aren't going to listen, and so I'm going to move on to the Gentiles. Salvation is available for them. They will listen. And this conclusion Paul draws in Acts 28 leads, leaves me with some questions. I thought the Israelites were God's chosen people. Is God done with them? Is he giving up on them? I thought the Israelites were supposed to be a blessing to the whole world. Now it seems like they're getting in the way. What's up with that? Well, Romans 11 answers the exact questions that Acts 28 raises. And plants are actually what Paul uses to help the Romans understand what's going on. So Romans 11, that chapter begins with the question, has God rejected his people? That's literally Romans 11, verse 1. That question, has God rejected Israel? And the answer is no. Just as in the days of Elijah, God kept for himself 7,000 men who did not bow the knee to Baal. Verse 5, Romans 11, verse 5, so too at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But what's the deal? We can write this off as fine because a few of the Israelites are in this remaining group. Well, Paul answers that question in Romans 11, starting in verse 7. What then? Israel failed to obtain what it was seeking. The elect obtained it, but the rest were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see and ears that would not hear down to this very day, Romans 11, 11. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? Sounds familiar. What's Paul saying? He's like, hey, was God's whole plan for Israel failure? Was that the goal for Israel, that they'd fail? Has God given up on them? Because that seems to be the very thing that angered Paul's audience in Acts 28. He was saying, hey, you guys have have failed. But Paul gives us a very clear answer here in Romans 11. He says, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so as to make Israel jealous. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? What's his point? If Israel's failure, if their hardening of heart has brought salvation to the world, to the Gentiles, which is a blessing, how much more, what will it mean for the world when one day, Israel is restored. They turn from their hardness of heart. And honestly, what does this mean for us Gentiles today? Because if you're listening to this, odds are you're probably a Gentile, unless you're Jewish. So let me read the rest of Paul's thoughts in Romans 11 in the New Living Translation. He writes, beginning in verse 13, I am saying all this, especially for you Gentiles, God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have, so I might save some of them. 
For since their rejection meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. Verse 17. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off. And you Gentiles, who were branches from a wild olive tree, have been grafted in. So now you also receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in, sharing in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But, Gentiles, verse 18, you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Well, you may say, those branches were broken off to make room for me. Yes, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you are there because you do believe. So don't think highly of yourself, but fear what could happen. For if God did not spare the original branches, he won't spare you either. So, so think about it. Gentiles, you don't get a free pass onto the tree because you're a Gentile. You've got to believe. Take this seriously. Verse 22, notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, if this belief isn't passed down through the generations, you will also be cut off. And if the people of Israel turn from their unbelief, they will be grafted in again, for God has the power to graft them back into the tree. You, by nature, were a branch cut from a wild olive tree. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. That's the thing about grafting. It only works if the vine dresser knows what he's doing. If he's an expert, he can make crazy things grow. And good vine dressers take great intentional care of their plants. It's a science and an art. And our God, he's a master at it. He's got a plan. He is loving and he is just. As Paul said in verse 22, he is kind and he is severe. The tension we can feel in Acts 28 surrounding God's character or love for Israel is real. But clarity is brought when we seek to explore Romans 11. It becomes more clear when we recognize that God is both loving and just at the same time, all the time. His attributes don't turn on and off. He takes good care of his kids. And sometimes that means a lot of pruning. And other times it means harsh discipline, like cutting off Israel entirely. But all the while, he is doing a new thing. And that's encouraging. God is at work, both in the hearts of Gentiles and in the hearts of the Israelites, of Jewish people. He's eager for them to be restored, to be grafted back into the tree. And that's a great thing worth celebrating. That's all we've got time for today. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.